Hey, I hope you got your Bible with you this morning. We're going to continue in our series uh, in the Holy Spirit. And uh, we love God's Word. And so I want you to read this uh, with me on the screen, if you can see this, uh, from Second uh, Timothy. Here we go. Ready? Together. My Bible is inspired by God and is useful to teach me what is true and to make me realize what is wrong in my life. It corrects me and teaches me what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip me to do every good work. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be in John chapter 16 today as we hear what Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Variously translated, advocate, counselor, comforter. Uh, the, the Greek word is a very one of these very rich, broad words. And so uh, we're in John chapter 16. That's the fourth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And the 16th chapter, if you're new to the Bible, big numbers are the chapters, small numbers are the verses. And uh, welcome to those of us uh, viewing online. Glad to have you with us uh, today, this morning, or whenever you happen to be watching this. All right, we have a little pattern here at Bethany Church. We'd like to stand for the reading of God's Word uh, out of respect. And we're picking it up at verse 5, chapter 16, verse 5. Jesus says this, But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And none of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Can I get an amen? There is, verse 12, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. Thank the Lord for His Word. Let's be seated together. I recently heard the story of a young mom who was dying of cancer and in the process wrote letters to her very young children. And uh, letter, birthday cards and Christmas cards and, and letters. And it, it was just a really touching story. Uh, she was creating ways to speak to her children in her absence. But, but what that mom could not do was send a replacement for her. A, a replacement of herself. Somebody who could be there physically with, with those children. Now that would be, that would be amazing, right? But I, I share that because that's maybe a helpful way to think of what Jesus did. When he left this earth, ascended to heaven, and sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus was God in the flesh. Real flesh. Real hum, fully human. Which means he could actually only be in one place at any given time. He, he may have been fully aware of everything in all places at all times. But, but physically he could only be in one spot. And, and just right now, for example, Jesus is seated, we're told in Scripture, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is, he is in a location at this moment. So, in, in response, as He left, 
in, as promised, Jesus sent His Holy Spirit. We looked at that last week as we looked at Acts chapter 2 and the, the events of Pentecost. Now, God did not say, and anywhere in His Word, did not say that, you know, the Holy Spirit is just for now, just temporary, just for the first century, just to kind of get the ball rolling and then you guys are on your own. I'll like, I'll, like, I'll start it, but you guys can take it from there. That's not what God said. He said, I am sending you my Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit that was given in power then at Pentecost is the same Holy Spirit present with you right now. That's some good news. That's some good news for us. The Holy Spirit is fully God. We say, you know, we're, we're what we call Trinitarian. We believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not somehow less than God. He's not, you know, a substitute teacher until the regular teacher gets back. Right? That's not the way to, to think about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. This is not like Star Wars or something like that, right? He's not a thought or a concept or a feeling. He is a personal, real, knowable person. Jesus calls him he and him. And, and his, ascribes personal pronouns to him. But here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has an assignment. He's been sent for a reason, a purpose. He is an assignment. John said this, we, or Jesus said this, John 16 and the verse 8 of what we just read. He said, when he, that is the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit has a job to do. Now, sometimes you meet um, Christians who think it's up to them to do God's job. Uh, you know, they think it's up to them to convict people of sin and, and righteousness and of the coming judge, judgment. It's not. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. I remember several years ago, uh, we had a guy, he responded for salvation. He was here at this church and he, he wanted to give his life to Christ. And so I, I sat down with him and helped him, you know, pray through a, a prayer to give his life to Jesus. And uh, a great guy. And he and his fiance were living together at that time. And he was he's a business owner and he was just like working Seven days a week, I'm just always working, and so we prayed together. He surrendered his life to Jesus, and then, and then I just asked, "Is there anything God is telling you to take care of or deal with right now?" I didn't prompt, I didn't make any suggestions. I just asked the question: "Is there anything that God wants you to take care of right now?" Brand new, he's been a Christian for five minutes. He says, "Yeah, I need to stop living together and get married, and I need to take a day off." Like, yeah, good. Right? I made no suggestions, but, you know, I didn't need to convict him of the old Bible word is fornication, right? Sex outside of marriage. I didn't need to convict him of ignoring the Sabbath. I didn't even tell him what righteous living looked like. The Holy Spirit took care of it immediately. Because the Bible promises that when you give your life to Jesus, you're also given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does that work of pointing those things out, just as we read on the screen. So my point is that God can be trusted to do his job because he put the Holy Spirit to work on it. Now that's some good news, right? Now what about for the believer? Is the Holy Spirit for us too? Yes. Um, He has the job or the task of guiding us into truth. He speaks to us so that you'll, you'll know how to continue following Jesus. And we saw it in verse 13. He guides us into all truth. But Jesus had said it before too. If you, if you go back to chapter 14 and verse 26, Jesus said it this way. 
He said, when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Now, if we ever needed someone to guide us into truth, today is the day, isn't it? Oh, we're, we're just inundated with things that are true and not true. I, I was going to show you some pictures and, and, and decide not to take the time to do that, but there's this, there's this whole, um, development in, in, uh, AI where they're able to de- develop perfectly realistic pictures of people who don't exist. Deep fakes, they call them. Fake pictures, fake people. And you think, how am I even supposed to know what's true anymore? Who can I trust? Who can I turn to? And God's given you the Holy Spirit to guide you into truth. Truth in the Word, but also truth and understanding in the world. You don't need to have a, you know, a PhD in Bible study to witness for Jesus. You just need to listen to your teacher, the Holy Spirit. Alright, so, so how does God the Holy Spirit do this? He speaks. See, Jesus had a significant challenge. His followers had way much more to learn. But he also needed to send them out on mission. And he could only be in one place at one time. Plus, Jesus needed to return to the Father. And the disciples could only handle so much at a time. You saw that in verse 12. He says, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it right now. It's a pretty overwhelming moment. So what's he going to do? The Holy Spirit is given to us with the assignment of guiding followers of Jesus into all truth. Giving them direction. Reminding them of Jesus and what Jesus taught them. And I love this. I love this about the Holy Spirit. He does not dump all the truth on you at once. That's not how he works. Right? He guides you into truth. He, he shows you what you need at that moment and provides, you know, more as, 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 as needed and more as you're ready. You know, if you've ever traveled with a tour group, you, you have a guide with you. You may not realize this, but the guide only shows you a, a certain limited amount of what's actually available to see you couldn't handle it if the guide years ago i i did i had a kind of a little side business toursbylocals.com and i took these uh these two us two new zealand ladies i knew it'd be the only time they'd ever come to california and i took them through the parks national parks and we did like two 12-hour days it was just insane because it was like they are going to see everything i was new at this and and i just really warm up they weren't ready for it all right the Holy Spirit knows what we can handle, knows what we're ready for, gives it to us in measures. Now, how does he do that? The Holy Spirit will speak, right? Verse The second part of verse 13, right? It says this, he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you even about the future. He's not a fortune teller. He, he warns, he cautions, he, he proclaims for your benefit to, to be able to enter the next step, to go into tomorrow, into the future. He is your advocate. He's on your side. The Bible, the Greek word is it, is paraclete. It's, it's one of the, it basically means the one who comes alongside. He's, he's in your, on your, you know, on your side, in your favor. And, and one more thing. The Holy Spirit has the task, not only of speaking to unbelievers and speaking to believers, but He has the task of glorifying Jesus. Verse 14 says, He, Holy Spirit, will bring me, Jesus, glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. So He speaks to unbelievers for salvation. He speaks to believers to reveal truth. And He speaks to glorify Jesus. That's His assignment. 
Now, anytime someone speaks, they have a language. I'm speaking English right now. I also speak coffee and I speak ice cream. Those are my other two main languages. A little too much ice cream lately, but not going to lie, I love it, right? I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak French. Uh, when I when I travel, I use my Google Translate app because I encounter someone who who I I don't speak the language. I'm like, what am I going to do? We got to communicate. Oh, thank you, Google. Whip it out. It's amazing, right? They speak language. I speak language. Google solves all the world's problems, and um, you know that's sarcastic. Thank you. Um, Holy Spirit also has languages that he speaks. And I want you to know what those languages are so you can learn them and understand and learn to speak, learn to communicate, learn to hear what God has to tell you through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks the language, first of all, of the Word, the Bible, Scripture. You can read about it in the in the New Testament. There's examples, Acts. I've got, you know, I pulled out a couple. We can talk about them later. But where... The apostles, as they quote scripture, they say the Holy Spirit spoke and said, and then they quote scripture. Their understanding was that this is God's word. It's one, it's the language of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Peter, uh, you know, and the apostles, they all did that. Now they didn't have the New Testament, right? It's about them. They had the, what we would call the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures. That was how God was speaking. Still anointed. All scripture is inspired by God. We read that at the beginning. Breathed by God. And, 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 you know, you hear me promoting a kind of a habit of daily Bible reading. That isn't so you become a Bible expert. I don't need you to be a Bible expert. It's learning the language of the Spirit so that you get familiar with how the Spirit, get familiar with His voice. And when He prompts you, when He speaks to you, when He reminds you about something, you get to understand what it is. That's the, that's the language of Holy Spirit. Um, you know, I encourage you to, to, to respond. In a, you know, for me, it's been a journaling habit for the last 20 years or 15 years, 18 years, to, to read and respond, writing down what I think the Lord is telling me, prompting me. And how often I'll read a verse, I'm like, boy, that's exactly the verse I needed today. I needed that today. And Holy Spirit speaks in that way. Right? So... I want you to understand the language of the Spirit is the Word. Write it down. Get familiar with it. Enjoy it. The Holy Spirit also speaks the language of what I would call inner witness. That, that sense that there's a, there's a, an episode that happens in Acts chapter 15. They're having a, a problem in the, in the church. And so they gather to resolve this issue, and after they have this basic, basically it's the big, first big church conference, and they work through this conference, and they get to the, the end of it, and they come up with a resolution, and the way they, they announce it, they say, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit to do the following. That's what I call inner witness. We had that sense on the inside, we should do this. That's, that's the language of the Holy Spirit. Anytime you have a sense or consensus, Sometimes you'll be in a group, maybe it's as a family, like, yes, it seems right to us in the Holy Spirit. That's a good moment. That's the language of inner witness from the Holy Spirit. A spiritual gut sense. Becky and I sometimes will have a, you know, maybe we have an opportunity to, to give to a charity. 
and and we'll have a you know all of a sense like I think we should give this and and I'm just like what do you think and and we'll kind of talk and say well you you go first no you go first well I think we should do this well I was thinking the same thing and if we're in agreement we kind of know that that's we sense that that's the spirit leading if we're not in agreement we think you know what we should take a little more time to unpack this maybe this isn't the the one for us so that spiritual gut sense right. And as you walk with Jesus, the other thing I think it's important to understand, as you walk with Jesus more and more, you can learn to trust your first instinct. Because the Holy Spirit is alive and present in you. And I think you can trust that. Hey, God's changing my heart, transforming my heart. And my first instinct is very often going to be the right one. Because you've been given a new heart from the Lord. Okay, so it's the language of the word. It's the language of inner witness. It's also the language of other people. God speaking through other people by his Holy Spirit. Acts 13. Paul and Barnabas make a major life decision. It completely changes their life because there's five of them. They're gathered. It says, as they're, as they're worshiping and fasting together, the Holy Spirit said, set apart me for me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work to which I have called them. There is this moment of the Holy Spirit said. Now, what did that look like? How did that, how did they all know that? I don't know. But some guy said, Paul and Barnabas, we sense the Spirit is saying, you guys need to go on mission. And they said, okay, we'll do that. Now, that's a pretty scary thing if someone comes to you and says, I think you ought to do this. Whoa, like that's, am I going to make a major life decision based on that? I think that sort of God said it can be abused by people. And so I would say in the language, when the Holy Spirit speaks the language of other people, it should always Agree with the other languages of the Spirit. It, it should be able to be tested in Scripture. It should be, you know, tested and affirmed by other people. But, but, and, and then the Apostle Paul didn't always act on it. We have this, as he's returning to Jerusalem at the end of the book of Acts, he has a sense of, he's prophetically told, hey, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be arrested, you're going to get, you know, tried, it's going to be terrible for you. Don't go. They beg him not to go. He's like, I gotta, I gotta go. So even though the Holy Spirit spoke and warned him, he still continued on his track. One other thing, you might be, in fact, you are the other people to other people. Like there's someone in your life that God is going to speak by his Holy Spirit, speak through you to them, and they need to hear that. I mean, how often have you said something to somebody, you called them, you texted them, you, you shared something, and they say, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear. That's you. You get to be the other people in this. That's awesome. That's exciting. All right. Lastly, I would say the Holy Spirit speaks the language of direct revelation. I'm going to invite the worship team to to join me as we have one more awesome song to sing uh, today. The The Holy Spirit speaks the language of direct revelation. Dreams, visions, audible voice. Um, you know, there's, there's a a moment in, in Acts chapter eight, a guy named Philip. He's, he's, uh, He's kind of directed by the Lord down a certain road and he's going to, he, he encounters this foreigner who's traveling through on that road and it says the Holy Spirit, um, you know, said to him, go talk to him. I, I believe he heard a voice. It was a direct revelation. Do this right now. It's very similar to kind of that inner sense or that kind of inner witness, but it's, it's even stronger than that. Um, you know, Becky and I had that experience 20 years ago when we, we were called to plant a church and we, 
we didn't even talk to each other. We looked at each other and knew that the Lord had spoken to us. It was a direct moment of revelation. We knew exactly what we were to do. And I can tell you, I can pinpoint exactly where that happened to this day. There was that sense of a direct revelation from the Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit will also speak and direct you through circumstances and opportunities and sometimes just plain common sense, right? But but really, this my invitation to you is, are you learning the language of the Spirit, the language of the Word, inner witness, other people, open to other people speaking into your life, direct revelation from God, welcoming the Holy Spirit in your life, learning the language of the Spirit, because this Holy Spirit's been given to you for your Benefit. For the benefit of unbelievers so they can be brought to salvation and for your benefit so you can continue to follow Jesus. And some of us have been raised in situations where either A, we learn nothing about the Holy Spirit, even growing up in church, or B, we were taught to be suspicious, skeptical, afraid of Holy Spirit. It's a travesty to say, well, it gets kind of wild. It might that would be okay. Somebody could use a little more wild in your life, right? But generally it isn't. Generally it's a, it's a calm, quiet way. Well, what about all those gifts and speaking in tongues and prophecy and, and people raising their hands? Yes. And we're going to talk about that over the next couple of weeks. We're going to unpack that a little bit more. But my invitation to you is say, are you, is your heart open to say, Jesus, I want more of the work of your Holy Spirit in my life. Because Jesus left and that's who he sent. And so if you reject the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting Jesus. Holy Spirit, paraclete, come alongside. Lastly, and, and whether you're here in the room or whether you're watching with us today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I've got to give you a moment to do that. You know, you may have never come to that place of surrendering to, to, to Jesus and receiving new life from him. It's not hard. We talk about it as the ABCs to admit that I'm a sinner, to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he died for your sin and to commit your life to follow him. And if that's you today, it's a simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner and I need saving. I, I believe, Jesus, that you're the son of God, that you died for my sin and you rose again. And I commit my life to follow you. And if you're praying a prayer like that today, I would love it if you would let us know so we can help you in the next steps along the way. Let's stand together. Those of you who are in the, able to and you're in the house here, maybe you're at home and you even want to stand right there. Song, Whether the song is new or familiar to you, I want you just to engage with these lyrics and just invite more of the Lord's work in your life. Just humble ourselves and say, Jesus, more of your spirit at work in my life. God, we love you. We thank you for your presence in this place.